Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Well, welcome everyone to the BDPAI Radio Show. Tonight is Tuesday, the second Tuesday of the month, September the 10th, 2013. And joining me in the virtual studio is Mr. Jose Ignacio Balzara, and he is founder and managing director uh, and CIO of CIO Eureka and award-winning author of The Uncomfortable CEO, Making Information Technology Overcome Business Uncertainty. And our second guest tonight is Ms. Carol Bell, Chapter President of BDPA Huntsville. So we're going to jump right into our show. I'd like to welcome Jose. Jose, how are you tonight? Excellent. How are you doing, friends? Just fine, thanks. Um, It really is a pleasure to have you on the show. Wayne Hicks was sharing your bio with me, and I wanted to take a moment to to share some highlights with our listeners. We're really very excited to have you on the show. Um, I understand that you're an international citizen who's lived on three continents and is an entrepreneurial, highly accomplished, award-winning global IT executive and CIO, one of the reasons that we're really excited to have you on our show tonight is that you are the author of a book entitled The Uncomfortable CEO, Making Information Technology Overcome Business Uncertainty. And you bring with you um, an illustrious career as the former Latin American CIO of Procter & Gamble and current founder and managing director of CIO Eureka, based in Chicago, Illinois. So welcome to our show, and uh, again, it really is a pleasure to have you. I know that you are named by the Hispanic IT Executive Council as one of 100 America's most influential Hispanics in information technology in 2008-2011. So again, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much, Brian. I'm very happy being here. Oh, thank you. Now, I know you've written a business and technology book, and I was hoping that you could share with our audience a little bit more about the book. Um, Why did you give it the title that you chose, and who really is the target audience? Excellent. Well, you know, the, the strongest CEOs do approach work in a very consistent fashion. They get comfortable being totally uncomfortable. So in a way, they are more concerned about what, who is right and how that work needs to be done. For instance, every, every time I think about a progressive idea in history, culture, business, or even information technology, being comfortable was not necessarily the first thing that happened. So everybody feels very uncomfortable doing some innovation capabilities. 
in a way, disruptive ideas always, by definition, have cutting edge. And cutting edge are always rare, rarely safe, so they are very uncomfortable. Now, your second question will be, who's going to be the target of my readers? So all the people who really aspire to become C-suite, or they have plans to get to that level. That is a really powerful concept, and, and in a way it's sort of contrarian in that in order to really kind of move forward, you've got to be uncomfortable. And um, if you want to get to the C-suite, you've really got to kind of adopt this perspective. Now, because you're kind of looking at things in a different way, you're really focusing on some of the blind spots that information technology leaders have. Um, can, you, can you tell me more about what some of those blind spots are and why that's important? Yeah, sure. For instance, if you happen to be a CEO, you will look at IT in a, diff in a very unique way. So you will always want to have any clarity about the business value that the IT capabilities brings to the party. So this is one of the things that you are expecting from IT. The other one you are expecting, how to improve the shareholders' return on information technology investment. Another example that you are expecting every single day, or in a way you will dream to have this kind of thing, you want to get closer to your CIO, and you want to have this proximity with the CIO in a way that you will understand him or her. So in other words, for instance, my advice in the book is that we should never, never use IT buzzwords because IT buzzwords, by definition, will create a fence between us and our colleagues. And these are the four or five items that I refer about the IT blind spots. So the more we use our measures closer to the CEO community, the better it will be for us to move forward into IT capabilities. Ah, so this this whole concept that, and and I I do think a lot of the um, IOs uh, sort of struggle with you know, or, or sometimes get uh, a little defensive around this concept of business value, um, and they certainly recognize the importance of shareholder um, uh, value. So that defensiveness, that so what you're saying is that sometimes gets in the way. Yes, actually, in, in some cases, we simply erode shareholder value because we lead projects that may not necessarily be fully connected with the business priority. So the company is investing on things that, at the end of the day, will probably a total waste of money or value for the corporation. For instance, I can give you a couple of true, uh, true facts that really happens around the landscape. So, for instance... More than half of the total capital investment goes into IT capabilities, which in a way is great because the companies are investing a lot of money. But in the same tone, if you happen to be talking to the business leaders and say, hey, what is the payout you are getting out of this investment? In many cases, they will tell you, friend, I don't even know what is the payout. So this, this really puts IT in a very odd situation because we are asking for money but in the company, very few people really understand the value from this money. So in a way, IT ends, ends up being a very expensive capability because you see the cost, but you, you don't see the value. 
So that really kind of leads to a situation where um, the problem kind of gets worse rather than better then. Yeah, that, that's true. And for instance, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of time for you as the CEO to read any news in the industry, but you will discover that from the Fortune 500 companies, 15% of them have had major issues with larger SAP implementations or ERP implementations. And the, my, my hypothesis on the book is that the truth of the matter, the issue is not necessarily the system per se. The issue is that the business leaders are expecting totally something different. And if you ask for money and you don't explain the value, that will be kind of the genesis of the problem. So what I'm trying to do in my book is to really help business leaders understand the value of IT, and likewise helping IT professionals to explain the contribution in plain, in plain business language to their fellow colleagues. Ah, that that really gets at um, kind of the root of the success, being able to explain the IT contribution in, in business terms. Um, so now you've, you've written a good portion of your book in terms of leadership trends. Um what are some of those key trends, and, and why are they relevant to the BDPA iRadio audience? Well, you know, the, the, the key, the, most of the trends are about having, if you happen to be a CIO, for instance, most of the people are being taught to be an expert on technology, an expert mm-hmm. on all these complex items that you are doing in IT. In IT. But you know, through the matter, if you want to be as an executive, you need to learn how to explain your concepts very clearly, how to listen very effectively, and how to build how to build bridges between you and your business partners. And clearly, at the end of the day, you also need to be an expert on IT capabilities. But the business leaders are expecting a person who really communicates very well with them, and oftentimes we don't have this kind of skill set embedded into our leadership. Training materials. Hmm. Okay. Um, and and so an obvious solution from your perspective is by creating this book, you're giving, as you said, the CEOs and uh, a window into understanding the CIOs and the CIOs window into understanding what the CEOs need. Yes. For instance, something that I'm doing in the book is that there is there are nine chapters on the book, and each chapter do talk about kind of the theory about this subject matter. But then towards the end of the chapter, there is a to-do list, two or three ideas that I'm asking the CEO to do in conjunction with the CIO. And in a way, this to-do list will force the CIO and the CEO to sit down together and work collaboratively on solving a given problem. I noticed that in the book. In fact, um, one of the things I noticed that um, your book, your foreword, was um, written by Jorge Montoya. Um, How did you? How did you uh, have the 
opportunity to have him write the foreword, and, and what's your relationship with him? Well, Jorge Montoya used to be the Procter & Gamble president of Latin America. And when he was there, I was his CIO. So I happened to work with him for several years, sometime in the past. So he knows my style, and he actually he was the guy who appointed me to the CIO role in Latin America. So mm -hmm. he, and I, he and I work each other very, very well. So to some degree, the, the book reflects the learnings that both of you had um, in yeah. your respective roles. Yeah. Here's, here's an example that I've been using with my fellow colleagues whenever I do presentations or whenever I do a speaking engagement. I would say, here is the deal for you guys. Read my book, and if the book is absolutely transparent, if everything is totally clear, we are in peace. But if there is a chapter that is so obscure and convoluted or complex, just give me a call and I will buy you lunch. Because, you know, at the end of the day, my overall promise is that the book must be a way to communicate a very complex concept, and the concept is IT. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two of them are, if you look at the faces on the book, this is exactly the same message my fellow colleagues have said. The book is very mm -hmm. transparent, very crispy, very clear to understand. Mm -hmm. In a way, it's not accomplished, because normally... IT Soviet mothers tend to be very convoluted, very complex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and as I uh, read through the book, I think it also has a nice balance of, um, in Chapter 1, there are quotes from a number of leaders. As you said, every chapter concludes with um, specific actions. Uh, you share several business models. Um, so that people, you know, if they ha don't have an MBA, they they get to see um, what are some of the critical uh, concepts that help drive an organization. And uh, I agree, the chapters are clearly written and, and easy to follow um, so that you can have those conversations with another person uh, over over lunch. Now, one of the things that you sent me with the book was an excerpt, and um, you know, at the bottom of the excerpt, it's uh, the excerpt. It said, "The uncomfortable CEO reading experience should guide your steps to lead your IT organization into the highest leverage functions." Our recommended 30 CEO leadership actions will make the most of the competitive advantage between the CEO and the IT community at large. By honestly following them all, you will strengthen your company's ability to be fast, flexible, responsive, and versatile in the rapidly changing business environment of this 21st century. Um, in in putting together <clears throat> that excerpt, what are some lessons learned in in doing the writing? Um, I know that you speak all over the world. 
What are some of the key lessons learned um, that you'd like to pull out of the experience of being a CIO, of traveling, of being an author that would be relevant for our audience? Well, you know, there are kind of two main lessons. The first one, so whenever you do the talking about the cost, you should always present the value along with the cost. Or say it differently, Mm -hmm. we should never explain the cost without explaining the value. Because if you do so, everything you are doing in life is going to be too expensive. So there is kind of a rule of thumb. Every time you talk about, you mention something about cost, you have to present the value side by side. Mm-hmm. At least there is a way to compensate the cost with an equivalent value. The second one is more about kind of how, how should we really approach our fellow colleagues in the business? So I think it's, you could say it's probably common sense, but oftentimes we don't even use it. So we need to understand them very well. We need to appreciate their concerns. And in a way, you need to, we need to find mutual solutions that really build the company together. So I have seen examples where people really say, you know, this is the business master plan, and here is the IT strategy. And the IT strategy may not necessarily even get connected with the business master plan, which seems to be really odd. So in a way, mm-hmm. it, needs to be, it needs to be mutual beneficial for the entire corporation. Absolutely. So, Jose, it's been really fascinating to have an opportunity to hear you kind of, um, kind of crystallize the chapters and pull out some of the lessons learned and key takeaways. In in the remaining minute, um, what's the final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, two things, and this is similar to what I have said previously. So there is plenty of ways that people can find me on the Internet. So you have my email, my website, my portal. So if you read a book and you find out that the book is totally complex, that you you don't get any value from the book, Here's the offer. Give me a call, send me an email, and I will buy you lunch. Because I do believe sincerely that the book is so transparent, so crispy, that people will read the whole message very clearly. So this is an offer for everybody who's listening to us. So send me a note that the message is very complex, that I didn't manage any, any explanation very effectively for the regular readers, both the business leaders as well as the IT community. That's that's what I have to say, Frank. Well, that is that is a very generous offer, and in terms of uh, putting value first, um, I would encourage our listeners, in fact, to. Uh, contact uh, you or visit your website, which is www.cioureka, that's E-U-R-E-K-A dot com, and that they can certainly pick up a copy of The Uncomfortable CEO, Making Information Technology Overcome Business Uncertainty. Um, They should read the book. They can follow you on Twitter. CEO Eureka, and um, you are also on LinkedIn. So um, that, again, uh, 
And I, I would say that once they've read the book, um, I would encourage them to send you an email and uh, perhaps identify an idea that they, in fact, shared over lunch with their CEO or CIO um, and give you an update on um, what they discovered. So thank you so much for being our guest tonight and best wishes and your uh, future opportunities to share more about your book. Thank you very much for this opportunity, friend. You're welcome. You're welcome. And coming up next is our second guest, Ms. Carol Bell. Carol is the newly elected president of BDPA Huntsville, and she is joining us now in the studio. I am activating her mic as we speak. Good evening, Carol. How are you this evening? I'm good. Good evening to you. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Again, congratulations on being a new president. Um, what is it like uh, running a, a chapter and uh, for the first time, um, and specifically the chapter in BDPA Huntsville? What's mm-hmm. most exciting about it? Um, well, first, thank you for having me on this evening. Um, sure. I think it's a whirlwind. Um, it's, it's been a whirlwind. Um just learning all about BDPA and all the things it has to offer. And I think one of the great things that happened for me, I was able to attend the 35th National Conference in Washington, D.C. back in August. And that was truly um, an inspiration, just to see all the chapters represented, to feel the energy, see the camaraderie. Um, that was really well, well received for by me. It it is powerful. Um, it certainly, in some ways, I almost think that should be someone's first experience or or near first experience. And in other ways, I think that after someone's had, um, you know, anywhere from three to eleven months with the chapter, it's a wonderful way to kind of. Um, culminate that experience with suddenly recognizing it's not just about your chapter. You know, there's all these other chapters across the country um, with like-minded people and uh, to feel that energy. So let's let's go back a little bit. How did you first find out about BDPA and, and why did you get involved? Well, um, I first found out about BDPA when I was living in the D.C. area. Um, there's a gentleman named Perry Carter. I call him Mr. BDPA, at least until I met Mr. Wayne Hicks. Um, but Perry <laughs> Carter introduced me to BDPA the first day I met him. Um, he also introduced me to the Navy CIO the first day I met him. And he talked to me about mm-hmm. BDPA and all the things that it had to offer. And then he also invited me to a couple of functions. Um, and I also met uh, Mr. Jesse Bimley at my first function. And I came to his, or I went to his, he has a camp that he runs on Saturdays, and I went and participated in the camp and actually got a chance to see uh, him live and in action. And so that was where I first found out about BDPA. And then when I moved to Huntsville, I heard that there was a chapter that was um, started or chartered last year, 
and um, this year, uh, around June time frame, I was approached to see if I would be interested in, in being the chapter president um, based on my experience with the organization, and I willingly accepted because of all the um, offerings that it has for its members. Oh, that's a wonderful story. That, um, you know, each and every BBPA member has an opportunity to be an ambassador. Um, Perry Carter certainly has a, a long-standing history with BBPA and um, really is one of the people that helps chronicle what goes on with BDPA through the printed material on BDPA today. And, of course, uh, Wayne Hicks is our executive director of the BDPA um, Education and Technology Foundation, and Dr. Jesse Benley, the one and only, um, you know, has really led um, the whole investment in the future of IT through our youth, uh, both on the high school and college level. So those are um, wonderful relationships to have um, you know, motivate you um, into service. Um, given that you're now in the leadership position um, for the Huntsville chapter, um, when you're communicating to new members or sponsors or parents, um, what do you share in terms of uh, BDPA's value? proposition, because I'm sure in one way or another, people look to you to explain that um, and or demonstrate that to them. Well, I I think to do that, the best way would be to talk about, you know, what BDPA really stands for. Um, BDPA was formed about 35 years ago for, and this is mostly for the Huntsville listeners, um, to support minorities in the field of data processing um, and what we call today our modern-day computer science or IT professionals. And so the members are anywhere from Washington, D.C., Dallas, Houston. Um, we have a couple of members here in Huntsville area, Chicago, Los Angeles, and their focus is on anything from engineering analysts, programming skills. Um, and so once you know that as as a backdrop, the members can be, of any nationality, even though it was started for minorities, we have members ranging from all types of all different nationalities. And so, what I tell people is, um, number one, first, come uh, participate in one of our me- uh, monthly meetings to see what see how we're organizing ourselves because the Huntsville chapter is a brand new chapter. And I tell them that the organization promotes excellence in our youth. Um, and that's the classroom. It promotes professional development in our matriculating seniors and career members. That's at the mid-level. And then it promotes um, rendering an ROI that is acceptable to our industry, federal, and academia partners, and booster business development and success of BDPA member entrepreneurs, and that would be the boardroom because BDPA's focus is on everyone from the classroom to the boardroom. And so I talk to them in those mm-hmm. terms so that they understand. And those are also the four goals which I intend to measure my presidency is how well did I um, reach out to each four of those areas in terms of making certain that we are true to BDPA's mission and its vision. 
And that's that's a wonderful way. I, I like I like the way that that's combining what the organization is about, you know, the mission and connecting that to your vision as a leader um, and in every way that you communicate with people, kind of bringing those two um, together. So you're new. We're in September. Um, and as uh, 2013 closes out and we move into 2014, speaking of kind of vision and, and focus, what are some of the initiatives that you have on the calendar for uh, the rest of this year and the upcoming year? Well, in September, October timeframe, we're still working on our Huntsville specific strategy and vision for the Huntsville area. Uh, one of the things that one of the things that's top on our list is joining the Huntsville Chamber reaching out to the various colleges and minority uh, institutions here in Huntsville area, um, both to make our presence known and both to learn a little bit about what those organizations are already doing. Reaching out to the schools, uh, we intend to work with the schools as, as much as is possible to support them in after-school programs or support them with um, tutoring and, and training in the IT field. Um, and then when we meet with the organizations, or whether it's an organization or a, um, a college or high school or middle school, one of the things that we felt was very important is to find out what is already going on in Huntsville in those, in those specific organizations. Because we don't want to be seen as a duplication of what's already existing. We want to come alongside and complement or assist them in meeting their goal in areas where they're not already, um, where they may have some challenges or obstacles that they're, they're not able to overcome. As much as it relates to BDPA's mission and vision, still maintaining our um, trueness, I guess this is the word that comes to mind, still still being true to the, the goals and mission of BDPA, but while doing that, making certain that our presence here counts and not just a duplication of effort. Okay. And, and that that um, certainly sort of allows you to be a good neighbor and um, it probably uh, increases the collaboration and communication. Um, right, right. So in, in doing that, are there specific events that you might see on the calendar for next year, um, or is really too early at this point? Well, we don't have any specific dates uh, nailed down, but we have um, three um, different areas that we're focusing on. We're focusing on youth groups um, and doing hands-on there's mobile app development. We're focusing on doing a tour. Um, we've got one of our members um, works at with NASA and is actually here in the Huntsville area on TDY at the Alabama A&M University. And so we're working with him. I don't want to say too much, but we're working with him to see if we can do something with the university. And then there's also um, Science Quest is here in Huntsville, and, and one of our members has been looking at Science Quest to see if there's some things that we can do with them for some of our younger uh, younger 
members uh, within BDPA. And oh, so those are three things are that we're focusing exciting. on right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good. And uh, that that then falls into those categories of uh, kind of the classroom and uh, professional development. I imagined um, that uh, the mobile app development, even though the focus might be for youth, that there may be some professionals that can be part of the training and or part of the learning process. Well, and one of the great things about BDPA is, you know, when you talk about from the classroom to the boardroom, one of the great things is that if you have someone who has a talent or a skill and they want to be in a leadership role, they want to teach or they have a new technology that they want to have um, a sounding board or they want to share it with the rest of the community but they may not be able to do it in their own um, organization wherever they work, but they want to find someone else who has a like mind, uh, a willing audience, BDPA offers that because you have networking sessions with professionals. And so one of the things that we are working on also is identifying those members who are in industry who both will champion us having events at their office, you know, and then send out a mass email blast to the Huntsville area to say, hey, we are hosting an event, a networking session, and this is going to be the topic, whether it's mobile app development, whether it's um, IT, you know, what, whatever the event may be. And then the other thing about that is for those people who would like to learn, there's also the classroom where you can also come in and they can actually host a class where you can actually take a class in whether it's programming, Java development, or things like that. And so those are all within the auspice of things that can be done as a part of this organization. Wow, that that is really, really powerful. And it, it kind of leads me to um, the topic of leadership and leadership trends. Um are there some trends and or resources that, you know, based on your role um, that you'd like to share with the iRadio audience? Well, the first, uh, what I guess, would be trends, um, and that is a leadership trend is uh, stay, stay objective and be prepared. Um, and that's something that I definitely learned at, at Nationals, um, you know, being objective in um, whatever effort you're leading, making certain that you are true to the mission, which is, you know, why I keep coming back to the mission and vision, and then being prepared because as a leader you're out front, and so uh, people are looking for you to set the pace, and so that's one. The second one is that it takes a village. You know, while you have leaders and usually they're self-motivated, you still can't do everything. You still need a team. And so it's important that as a leader that you recognize the value stream in your team. And so that those would be two leadership trends that, um, that I would value highly. The second is a resource. Um, what I found in uh, BETF, which is the Black Data Processing Associates, Educational Technology Foundation. They have tons of resources. Um, I get tons of emails 
and there's a lot of reach back and there's a lot of sharing. And so I rely upon that heavily when I need something and my other um, chapter presidents and the uh, regional presidents as well. Oh, that's, that's right. I mean, BDPA is kind of a, a living and breathing resource because there, there are so many experiences, best practices, and with technology and being a technology organization, it, it literally is very easy to reach out um, and, and connect with someone. Um, Carol, I, I want to be respectful of your time, and I really appreciate um, the energy and the enthusiasm with which you've stepped up in the leadership uh, for BDPA Huntsville. In the remaining minute or so, I'd love for you to share with us one final thought um, that our, our listening audience can take away with them as they finish out the week? Well, I think the last thing that I would have to say would be about Huntsville in particular. Huntsville is my new home. I've only been here about a year. And I really would like to appeal to uh, the members of the Huntsville, Huntsville community to have them take a look at BDPA, uh, www.bdpa.org forward slash AL for Alabama, and recognize that while BDPA was started as a minority organization, BDPA is for everyone. Everyone who has an interest in all things IT, computer science, and technology development. BDPA has corporate sponsors that include Hewlett Packard, Johnson & Johnson, Walmart, Accenture, the U.S. Navy, and Boeing, you know, to name a few. And BDPA has a place for everyone who wants to be a part, wants to be active. Um, and, and that's one thing that I realized even more so when I was at the national conference is that if you have a will, if you have a will or a desire to be a part of an IT organization that is striving, that is um, strictly business, then BDPA is the organization for you. Wow. Wow. Lots of energy. Well said. Um, thank you again, Carol, for stepping up and being a leader and sharing that enthusiasm. And I look forward to talking with you in 2014 and hearing the updates on some of your initiatives, hearing how your team has developed, and, of course, um, seeing you in August in Indianapolis um, at the 36th annual national conference. So thank you so much for joining us this evening and have a great night. Okay, thank you. It was a pleasure have, meeting you and it was uh, I really appreciate you bearing with me and all my nervousness. <laughs> oh, no problem. Just You were just fine. Um, it, it's really exciting. I, I think BDPA gives our audience the opportunity to hear um, the voices of BDPA and uh, sometimes being a leader is, is a little nerve-wracking. Um, as a radio host, I probably share more than necessary ums and ahs, and that's okay. It's, it's all about being real and sharing from the heart. So I appreciate your contribution and your efforts, and I know that the Huntsville area does as well. So have a great evening and a great September. 
Okay, thank you, and same to you. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, we're wrapping up our show this evening a little bit early because uh, the President of the United States is actually in the process of delivering a national address. And I wanted to thank our guest tonight, um, Jose, um, who is the founder and managing director of CIO Eureka. And you can find him on the web at www.CIO Eureka. His Twitter handle is CEO Eureka. And he is available. You can connect with him on LinkedIn. He is, as I mentioned earlier, the author of the book, The Uncomfortable CEO, Making Information Technology Overcome Business Uncertainty. And our second guest tonight was Ms. Carol Bell, Chapter President of the newly formed BDPA Huntsville Chapter. And she shared with us her vision for the chapter and the very close alignment to four of the major BDPA stakeholders. Have a great evening, and please make sure that you tune in the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at www.bdpa.org. And from our national website, you can click on the link for blogtalkradio.com slash BDPA. Have a great evening. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.